1: Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, brace yourself for this, David Duchovny. David Duchovny. I mean, I don't know how many of you grew up, you know, worshipping at the uh, the Church of X-Files. Unbelievable. Um. David's a musician uh, and has a great record collection, which we talk about on this episode. Um, And he's really bloody lovely. Um, You're in for a treat. Uh, Before we get on with the episode, a few thank yous. Um, I would love to thank... um, Go check out Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast, and um, because the gents over there were the people that um, put this together for me, uh, and so so huge thanks uh, to the, uh, the the guys at Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast, which is another wonderful music podcast. Um, thanks to Erica um, for helping uh, facilitate this as well. Um, big love to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. Thank you to Seventy Six for producing the audio. Um, And if this is your first time listening to Off the Beaten Track, then when you get to the end of today's chat with David, then go and explore the back catalogue because you can hear me talking to um, artists uh, as diverse as the Foo Fighters, Fatboy Slim, Motley Crue, Papa Roach, through to um, actors such as Amanda Abington, Joe Hartley, Maxine Peake, Michael Smiley, um, producers like Butch Vig, Oh God! Go and have a look in the archives because there's there's 320 odd episodes now um, with all your favourite artistic um, artistic people. Can you say is that a thing? I don't know. Um, yeah, just go check it out and uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast, there's loads of ways in which you can do that. Just give us a like, love, share, or a retweet on the socials because we're on all the all the platforms um, and. Subscribe, that's a really good way of helping. But if you'd like to um, help a bit more and get access to even more content, then I have a Patreon. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash off the beat and track. And over there, it's like a a sort of social media page, really, and and you you sign up for 79p a month uh, and you get access to, I think I've probably uploaded about, 250 radio shows over there you can watch all of the episodes all the video episodes go up over there um and there's loads of upfront releases there's there's all sorts of stuff over there and that 79p a month goes in the kitty to to help pay for the podcast and to to you know ensure that i keep churning out you know three or four episodes a week for you lovely lot um so yeah but you can find out about everything you need to know at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Right, let's get on with it. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with David Duchovny. Right, I've got to take a quick break in this podcast because I've got some super exciting news. Off The Beat and Track Podcast is proud to go into partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat that's right the cacao bar is not a chocolate bar it's all the best bits of a chocolate bar put into a really exciting new alcoholic range that's right gin vodka and a beautiful range of cream liqueurs so one of the big bonuses of this partnership is obviously I'm super thrilled to have Hotel Chocolat working with us but they sent me a great big box of this stuff and I'm telling you it's amazing Go and check it out, www.hotelchocolat.com or over on the socials at Hotel Chocolat. But yeah, in the coming months, there's going to be opportunities for you to get involved with competitions with us, to win bottles of stuff. There's loads of exciting things coming soon. And I can't be more happy to say that this podcast is in partnership with the Cacao Bar from Hotel Chocolat. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network with me Stew. With him, okay. We are recording. David, how are you doing today?
0: I'm really good. How
1: are you? I'm radiant and glowing. The sun is <laughs> shining uh, in uh, in in Essex in the UK today. Really appreciate your time. I know that we're going to be uh, pretty push for time, so I want to I want to jump straight in and okay. talk records with you. I
0: just I was just and, in London uh, this past winter for about three months shooting a movie called The Bubble with uh, Judd Apatow. And uh, so your accent is uh, bringing back fond
1: memories. Wonderful. (laughs) That's a great start then. Um, But I'd like to start the podcast by asking you to tell me the song that you think has the greatest ever intro, please.
0: Oh, um, I think it's uh, Gimme Shelter uh, by The Stones. Uh, That or uh, the live version of Sweet Jane by Lou Reed, which which we play, uh, my band and I play in concert. We do the live Lou Reed version. It takes about four minutes. It's like a four minute intro. It's fantastic. Uh, but I love that every time the Give Me Shelter intro comes on, I I get excited.
1: Yeah, it's like that song is. It just it just builds and builds and builds and builds and, builds and the. I, I just think, like, I think Jack has got a really interesting voice. I don't think he's necessarily got a particularly powerful voice, No. but whatever it just delivers, doesn't it? And it just kind of, it's, do it, you know it, what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely. His voice is unique. Um, I mean, like you hear Jagger, you know, it's Jagger. It's like, the, yeah. there's no question that it's anybody else. Uh, and that's, that's a gift. Uh, you know, the, in that song, uh, I mean the voice in that song is the backup singer when she comes oh. in when she comes in at the end it's like uh it's like my speakers can't handle her yeah. her tone which yeah uh I get tingles just thinking about uh her and her voice and I you know it's so hard to sing that hard that high and not be abrasive and yeah she, uh, I mean, that's a voice. But, yeah, Mick's voice is uh, – he's got, he's got point of view. You know, when Mick sings, you feel what he's talking about. You know, you feel he has opinions about what he's saying. He's in it. He's in the song. Uh, and that's important in a voice too. I mean, more important to me than, like, technical stuff.
1: And, and you, you touched on that, that the, 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 the backing singer – and 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 I feel like I feel a bit bad. That I don't know her, her name, but um, she was in
0: uh, Seven Feet from Stardom or, or that that doc. That's you know, right.
1: And yeah, yeah. And, and she, it, you know, it does sound like, I, I heard someone once say about um, the, the the middle eight in River Deep Mountain High, it felt like somebody <laughs> set light to Tina Turner and she just unloads. And that could be said for that. Yeah. It just feels yeah. like she's on fire, doesn't it? It's yeah. like remarkable vocal.
0: But you know, it's, um, what's, what's uh, also interesting is that, you know, on YouTube, there's a couple of versions where the Stones are doing... Uh, give me shelter with, I think, uh, Lady Gaga, and then with Fergie, who do, who do that, and they do a really good job. I mean, yeah, I would not want to get near that part. You know, it's yeah.
1: an ambitious one to take on, isn't it? It's,
0: it's, it is. I mean, and uh, I mean, I, I, I knew that Lady Gaga has an amazing instrument. I, I didn't know Fergie could sing like that, and she does. She does really well there. Yeah. You should check it out.
1: I just want to ask about songwriting, and, and, and we've kicked off with The Stones, which obviously, yes, they're still going now, but you know, The Stones first started putting records out in the 60s, yeah. and, and, and just in regards to how people listen to music now, the, the way that people get music's way different to probably how me and you would go to a record store, buy a record, take it home, study the sleeve notes, and, and, and put a record on, whereas now you know I watch my children with their their fast thumbs just whizzing through you know <laughs> yeah. and, and the attention spans are getting smaller. I just wonder when when you sit down and if you, if if you when you write are any of them things considerations the fact that you know attention spans are getting shorter or, you know do uh, you feel you need to hook them quicker or are you very traditional in the art is art
0: Yeah I'm more traditional um I, I did read an article recently that was talking about how you know, the concept of the hook has changed in the past few years. And like, you know, the hook is like in the first five seconds now, Yeah. you know, it, it's literally the hook. And then, you know, there's, there's no traditional like verse, verse, chorus, verse bridge, chorus, you know, yeah. anymore to a pop song, but I'm hopelessly stuck, you know, in that era. Cause that's when I was listening and that's, I've started to make music recently. So that's in my head when I, when I want to yeah. write a song. And, and to me, I mean, there's something I'm not going to say anything negative about those kinds of songs But to me, a song is 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 a little like a journey You know, you ask about an intro So that's like the first act You know, and then there's a a few acts And there's some kind of Something has changed by the end of it And when you're just doing like hook Heavy songs, it's like, no Nothing changes, it's just Keep on giving you the candy over and over And over again And I guess, you know, just naturally I'm more receptive to the kind of song that takes me, starts, starts me slowly, lays the hook on me in the chorus, maybe. And then, or or the bridge. And then, you know, takes me somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm with you, brother. Absolutely. I'm with you on that completely. Listen up. I've only got another new sponsor. Egg fried. It's this super cool clothing label. And, if you're into sort of skating and street art and gigging and, and kind of like really cool art and throwing a little bit of Asian culture and, and the designer's kind of weird sense of humour in the mix, then you're pretty much there with the wonderful world that is eggfried.com. Now, they do these amazing punchy kind of graphic tees, hoodies and sweatshirts, beautiful art prints, as well as this, they have a denim range, all handmade in-house, all supporting the slow fashion movement. Not only that, they've given you a discount code, 10% off when you head over to eggfried.com. Just use the code EGGSALAD, E-W-G-S-A-L-A-D, save 10%. Go and get lost in the world of egg fried. Also, they've got a new kids range, and it's called Small Fried, and it's super cool, super cute. Um, And again, it's all over there in this wonderful world. Go and get involved at eggfried.com. I'm going to take you back for track two, uh, David, and I'm going to ask you to tell me the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please.
0: I think I, I said grazing in the grass. You did. Did I say grazing? You, you might have to remind me because I, I told, you know, when they gave me these uh, questions for, sure. for, for the podcast, I was like, you know, these are my answers today. I bet tomorrow yeah. they'd be different
1: you know of course of course
0: which is which is i think a great thing i don't think that means it's bullshit i think it means it's kind of you should do totally you should do something like every every year go go after the same person and ask them the same questions it'll change but grazing in the grass uh not necessarily an emotional song but i just remember talking about hooks i mean it was just it hooked me like i remember as a kid um just and i think it was just like you know how kids get into like Kids are susceptible to like gimmick songs, you know? Yeah. Like, and so Grazing in the Grass had that, they just sang really fast. You know, it was like, I can dig it, he can dig it, she can dig it, you know, it was like that. It was like as a kid, I was like, How are you know, oh God, how do they sing so fast? And it was just yeah, it like blew my little mind, you know. So it was uh I I just loved the song and I had the forty-five and I over and over and over pick up the needle, yeah. put it back, pick up the needle, put it back.
1: Do you, are you still like that? If you find a record now, or if you, you hear a new track that, that that hooks you in, will you literally start again? Start sure. again and
0: yeah, uh, but I I just can press repeat now, so I don't. Have yeah, it's
1: that. easy now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, g- growing up, was you was you sort of in a was was home very musical? Uh, well,
0: not in the sense of playing instruments, but in the sense of listening to music. My dad uh, had a reel to reel tape recorder. Yeah. And he had lots of jazz recordings. Uh, uh, he didn't have any albums. We didn't have, I guess we had a phonograph player when the kids got older. Cause we, 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 we bought albums, but we, Oh, and I had, you know, my parents played me stories on albums, like instead yeah. of like having to read me every night or if I was having trouble sleeping, they, they, there were these stories that were recorded onto, you know, vinyl. So I had a phonograph for that, but my dad, uh listen oh you know constantly to like big bands my dad was born in 27 so his music was from the 40s early 50s he loved billy holiday he loved big bands he loved uh the jazz you know and i hated it you know i was like ah my dad's music oh this was like a, it was like i couldn't stand it and uh, i still have to get into it you know i haven't Made peace with it, you know, because as a kid, I was just like, I can't, I hate jazz. I hate it. And uh, (laughs) I'm sure it's great. I just had never gotten over that. uh, The initial like onslaught of my dad monopolizing the airwaves, you know. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I
1: am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
1: Well, it's not cool to like what your dad likes, is it, when you're growing <laughs> up? That's the, that's the most uncoolest thing ever. But it is weird. It's like, it's took me... So long to kind of, you know, get my head around jazz and I, I'm still no, nowhere near an expert, you know, I'm, I'm all the basics, you know, right. it's like Miles Davis, I'll buy that. That's the one that everybody like, check that, but <laughs> I'll, I'll still, people will wig out playing these huge, yeah. you know, expansive yeah. jazz. It's, it's not for me. I got it into lost. Coltrane
0: though. Uh, I, I listened to right. Coltrane. Yeah. And, uh, but that's that's after my dad you know and and you know i'll i'll hear billy holiday and i'll be like yeah yeah i hear that but the swing bands like benny goodman and that stuff that he'd listened to i no i never i never got back
1: into that yeah well for track three i'm going to ask you uh to tell me please and i can prompt you if you've uh <laughs> you forgot this one uh the song that reminds you um of your time at school please david
0: oh yeah prompt me what did i say
1: you went for uh, Mr. Magic by Grover Washington. Oh, Jr. yeah. Wow.
0: I can't believe I said that. Um, talk about <laughs> It's jazz. changed already. There's, ja- there's jazz. <laughs> it, just, it just means it was, it was in my head. You know, I'd, been, I'd actually been talking to an old friend of mine who was on the basketball team with me in high school, and we used to come out like the jocks that we were. We would blast Mr. Magic on the gym stereo, and we'd come out like bosses, you know, for our warm-ups. And I just remember how good that felt. You know, I I don't know if you know the song. It's uh it's an instrumental. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's kind of a it's kind of a funky, groovy kind of jazzy song. And it was just a great it just made us feel confident and made us feel like this was our house, you know, it was our music, our house. And uh that just that just at that moment, because I've been talking to an ex teammate of mine, I, I was remembering those days. So that that's high school to me too. Yeah. Did you enjoy school? I did. I enjoyed high school. You know, i i uh, i I did. I mean, i I, I know you're supposed to say it. <laughs> enjoy school, uh, but I, I did. You know, I liked I like being out of the house. You know, I like not being home. I like I like being out there and doing things. So, yeah. And I went to a, a really good high school, and they were very good to me. They're hard, uh, but they they were, uh, I was a scholarship kid and they really, they really helped me. You know, they were supportive and, and uh, just kind and, and, and just a great school.
1: Did you know what you wanted to be when no. you were at school? I mean, I would have said a uh, writer.
0: I might've said I wanted to be a writer, but then I thought, oh, I've got to make money, you know, somehow. <clears throat> so yeah. on those standardized tests, whenever they ask you. I'd always put lawyer or doctor, you know, because yeah. I thought they, they made good livings. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't good enough in science to be a doctor, but I, I could dream, I could dream that I could be, but lawyer seemed within reach. Yeah, I could do that. Um, but my dad was kind of a writer. Like he, he did write, but he also had a nine to five job. Um, And I thought I identified, I identified with that, but I, I, I really would have, uh, my my dream job would be a professional athlete. That That's what I really wanted to be when I was little. I mean, basketball, baseball, or, or tennis would have been any
1: of those. So the arts w- wasn't even going on in your mind at this point?
0: Not really. I mean, in terms of being a writer, yeah. But no, not not acting, not music. Um, I was really a jock, but I was also interested in, in books. Um But I was very—I was obsessed with sports. Yeah. Were you a confident kid? To some degree, I was confident physically, but I think I was shy. I was shy and not so confident with adults. Um, But I think within my within my my group, my guys, my you know kids my age, I was fairly confident. Yeah.
1: Well, we're going to stay in the formative years for uh, for track four, and I'm going to ask you to tell me, please, the first song you bought from a record store, please.
0: <laughs> I think it was. I think it was The Backfield in Motion by Mel and Tim, which is... It was. Which is a sports-related song.
1: So <laughs> I don't know this. Tell me about this.
0: No, but I don't think anybody knows it. It's... Uh, Mel and Tim, I think it's like... it's They're kind of like a Motown duo, and I haven't listened to the song in ages, but it's it's a gimmicky song where... There's a, there's a, uh, in football, in American football, you know, not, not soccer, American yep. football, there's a, a penalty that you can get if your backfield is in motion, which means um, there's only so much that people <clears throat> behind the quarterback can move around. Uh, I I don't know how to explain it, but, but if you get the flag, it's backfield emotion, you get penalized. So right. Mel and yeah. Tim are doing, they're of course, using it to, re- to refer to a woman's back yeah. backfield. So they're saying, you know, your backfield's emotion going to have to call a penalty on you, you know, yeah. and like to my little brain, you know, it was like, Oh, football
1: and girls. This was this was, this was cool. This was a cool song. Um. What I was going to sort of say as well, I touched on sort of confidence there. I mean, oh. you've, you, you, you've, you know, you, you said that athletics was something that you was very interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from athletics, I guess one of the other most competitive and cutthroat industries that are out there mm-hmm. is probably acting or music. Yeah. Um, so confidence aside, would you say that you're driven?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm driven by something to kind of get stuff out to express or to create. Um, when I started acting, I, I, I feel like I started fairly late, you know, like 25, 26, 27, and didn't have, didn't have people saying, Oh man, you should be doing this. You, you made the right choice, dude. You know, it wasn't like that. It was like yeah. a lot of rejection. Um, but I knew that I was doing something that was uh, that was right for me. I, I knew that I that that there was some kind of true truth happening. That if uh, I could keep on, if I kept on doing it, that somebody would see it. I'd I'd end up working somewhere. So that was kind of a, a confidence, I guess, or just a knowingness of like. No, I mean, even though I'm not getting like great feedback here, uh, there's something going on. I know, I know I'm onto something. And I can say that with music too. Um, Again, wasn't like anybody's saying, Oh, David, you must sing. You must use that voice. (laughs) It's like, it's not like that. It's like, I know, I have a sense that I'm saying something or singing something that is legitimate and truthful and that, some people might find it useful or valuable. Um, so I have I have kind of that confidence that overrides you know what you may hear on the surface. Uh, in terms of like novel writing or fiction writing, I think I have genuine confidence there, and that just comes from that being the thing that I was always kind of schooled to do. You know that, that again from my father, and then from my 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 school um, that that's something even more so than acting and and music that i am i'm comfortable in, in in those clothes
1: can you remember the first time you sang in front of someone
0: <clears throat> yeah i uh i i went to a, <clears throat> a my grade school was a an episcopalian uh, school and they had a church choir but the the kids from the the school were in the church choir and they would get paid and that was a big deal, you know, they get like five dollars a month. But and, and and the church they cut big checks. I don't know if you know this, but like when the church gives you money, it's not like a little personal check, it's like yeah. a golf tournament check. So I mean, I was just like, Oh my god, I, I you know, five dollars, that's you know, and all my friends said it's so easy. Everybody gets in, nobody nobody misses. They don't care. They just want bodies and you get yeah. paid. It's one Saturday, one Sunday a month, you know?
1: Did you think you could sing at that point?
0: No, I didn't think I could. I didn't know that right. I couldn't, but I didn't, yeah. I, I it wasn't, I knew that I, I wasn't like naturally walking around the house making sounds that everybody was going, yes, more of that, please. <laughs> yeah, of course. And, uh, but I went and I, uh, I auditioned for the choir, and, and you auditioned in front of the rest of the choir, which I didn't know. <clears throat> so the, the choir was lined up, and the choir master was in front of the piano. And um, uh, they were all my friends, so they were just lined up there. And the choir master uh, uh, sat at the piano, and he said, I'm gonna play a note, and I want you to sing the note after it. And I heard, you want me to sing the note after the note you're playing, like uh, literally. I so he, He'd go like, boom. And I'd go, boom. And he'd go, mm. and he'd go like, boom. And i go, boom. <laughs> I just remember my friends going like, this guy's, <laughs> and I just never, never figured out that I, he, he didn't want me to sing the note after it. He wanted me to sing the note after it. So I didn't, I didn't make the choir. I got rejected. And, uh, it was very painful, I mean it was like one of those childhood rejections that I still recall of like, Oh, this is disastrous this this hurts i mean i like my life is ruined, basically, you know what I mean when yeah. you' a kids, you're just like, Oh, this changes everything <laughs> for the
1: worse and and obviously to move forward then to obviously you, you you know you become very famous, you become a household name, and then to then think I'm going to also explore the music. Tell me about that, 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 the sort of that around that time when you thought, no, I'm going to, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it properly. Like, was there ever an element of, and I say this with the greatest respect, like imposter syndrome? Like, I'm going sure. into another domain oh, yeah. here. Yeah. And I mean that with the greatest respect, but like, no. yeah, just talk me through that, that sort of, that time.
0: I mean, I have imposter syndrome in, in everything I do. I mean, I think, yeah, it, I think. Well, most people do, um, yeah, if they're not psychotic, you know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Psychotics are the only ones who are sure that they're fantastic, <laughs> yeah. dangerously sure, yeah. Uh, so I mean, I've dealt with that as an actor, as a writer, um, so but I would say, you know, more deeply as a musician, just because I, 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 I wasn't playing my whole life and I wasn't singing my whole life, so it was like, oh, this is new, but what I I knew I knew that I, I wanted to say something. I mean, I knew that my songs were going to be about something, at least to me. And I thought that if they were, then they'd have a chance to be about something to someone else, you know, that, that people might relate to them. They might be might be something that would give them pleasure or solace or you know, connection, whatever. Yeah. And then when I started to play the guitar. And then I started to hear melodies over chords that I was playing. That was a surprise to me, but it wasn't, there was nothing impostery about it because I heard them. I was like, I don't know where that's coming from. I, I never sang before, but I'm hearing these things and they sound pretty good. And so it was really at first, it was just like, Oh, what a surprise. Um, uh, You know, fuck you choir master. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but it was like, uh, it was really just for me it was it was more of just one of those life lessons of oh you know you really shouldn't get shut down so easily um and then and then I thought especially something with music which is so beautiful I mean it is odd that we get angry at people who sing badly you know we we don't like if people dance badly, we don't say get off the fucking dance floor. Yeah. You know, but if you're singing bad, people are like, Oh Jesus, stop that. You know, like it's offensive yeah. in some way. It's just a very weird thing we do. We're singing. is this joyous activity that we all should be doing. percent. And yet we shut down people who don't, who don't yeah. do it well. Um, and I, and I, I do too. I'm like, ah, oh, Ooh, dang, this is, I don't like that. But, um, at first it was just like for me and, uh, this guy, Keaton Simons, who's an amazing uh, writer, uh, singer, songwriter, performer. He, he's a friend of mine. And he said, let's record. You know, I was writing these songs. So let's record them, you know. And so I recorded them. And it was just for me. And they they found I I met Brad Davidson. And he was like, no, these are really good. Um, you should, you know, work harder on them. You know, like you should work harder on your voice and see what you want to do. Let's see what we have. So it was really other people pushing me. It wasn't. It wasn't ever a dream that I had or an impulse that I had, um, mostly because, as I said, I grew up thinking I wasn't musical, so I didn't have anything to offer in that way. I knew I had, I thought I had something to offer uh, lyrically. I guess I was confident in that part, but um, the melodically and musically, that stuff that came was a big surprise, and I needed, you know, pushing to yeah. somebody else saying, no, that's that's – that's a good song, you know? I was like, really? Okay, let's keep going.
1: Well, for good songs, I'm going to ask you now uh, for the last track, David, to uh, play Tastemaker and hmm. Influencer, and I'm going to ask you to tell uh, our listeners uh, a song that many people may not know that you would like them to go and listen to.
0: Well, I think I wrote Bowie's Stay, didn't I? I Stay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's another song we play live. I love playing that song um it's just very it's a very different kind of a sound for boy it's 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 uh it's kind of a disco funk groove and um the lyrics are kind of enigmatic and and weird in that Bowie way but they're also very I find them emotional you know uh what's he keeps on saying you can never really tell when somebody wants something you want to you know it's yeah. so Bowie uh and it doesn't really mean anything but it means a lot you Know and it's just one of those great lyrics. Uh, we, we can never really know when somebody wants so much to stay, you know. And then I have the song Stay Until that I, I wrote uh, for this album, the new album, Joshua yeah. Land, that is using stay in that way. But um, I just love the uh, I love the rhythm section of that song, I love the, the bass drum and the bass and the yeah. kind of funk guitar. It's not, not stuff that I could ever write, I don't play like that. I'd like to, I'm, I'm not. I just haven't learned how to play those kind of funk chords and that kind of stuff, which are jazzy, I guess, but I just just, just turn that song up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast so people can go and check out um, all of the songs that you've chosen today. And as, as we find ourselves, certainly in the UK, the restrictions have been... Dropped. Um, I actually got to see my, my my a concert at the O2 a couple of nights ago, which was incredible. I played um, the O2.
0: That was fun.
1: I, I mean, how fun was that? Tell me about playing the O2. It was amazing! I have a
0: great picture from it
1: where everybody's, uh, uh,
0: you know, for the encore, um, brought the mic out into the stands for one song, sang a ballad like amongst everybody. It was fantastic. It was probably two, three years ago now but it was a big crowd for us. I mean, I don't know, There's probably like 2000 people and Amazing. it was awesome. I loved it.
1: Well, with that in mind and, and, and gigs happening again, um, you know, we're hoping that the, the latter part of 2021 is going to be a far more positive and connected time than what we've experienced over the last however long. Yeah. So what's, what are you looking forward to personally from the rest of this year and, and tell me what's going to be happening with the album and professionally.
0: Well, I mean, I'd love to go out and tour, but you know, that's just a, it's a fluid situation. You know, it's no joke. It's its nothing to play around with. Um, I, I, I wish everybody would get vaccinated and I wish until then we'd all wear masks and do what we can for each other. You know, it's not a, to me, it's not a political issue. It's a, Absolutely. it's a human issue. So, uh, there's that, but, um, You know, I'm I'm in L.A. and I'm working on trying to uh, turn my last novel into a TV show and um, just uh, kind of like if if I'm looking at a TV show, sometimes it can mean, you know, the next four, five years of my life that that a lot of my time is going to be devoted to. So it's a big kind of undertaking. I I don't have so many of those left in me. So it's like, yeah, I want to make the right choice. So I'm kind of. Weighing a few things, and that's all
1: I'm doing. And a new record. Yeah, a new record.
0: Yeah, <laughs> on August twentieth.
1: Yeah. Wonderful. Well, David, it's been an absolute joy talking records with you today. Um I'm we'll gonna go put... listen
0: to Backfield Emotion again. I I don't know if I'll
1: <laughs> be embarrassed or not. I think I might. Be. Well, hopefully it's on Spotify and we can add it to the playlist yeah. um, alongside, obviously, tracks from the the, the, the new record as well. Um, David, thank you so much for your time today. It's been it's been a real joy, mate.
0: I'm uh, I'm looking it up on my Spotify right now. <laughs> oh, there it is. Like... It's there. How seventies is out. Childish. <laughs> Starting <laughs> with the chorus. Start with the hook. <laughs>
1: there you, go. He say, you say novelty, but that sounds like a real sweet soul song. Oh, it's,
0: it's a great Motown type song. But I, yeah. I mean novelty in the sense of like it's, uh, you know, backfield emotion, talking yeah. a woman, that kind yeah. of uh, yeah,
1: Love it. Yeah. Wonderful. David, thanks again, mate. It's All been right. such a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. There you go. I mean, we was tight on time. I knew that when we went into that, I was um, told I'd be allowed 25 minutes. So um, you may have missed um, the clubbing track, um, but I think we got we got some gold and uh, always lovely to talk, give me shelter. Um, go check out the tunes. Go check out, um, obviously, David's new record, uh, and yeah and go check out the back catalog of this podcast because as I said at the beginning there's about 320 episodes for you to go and get lost in so go get go get involved and uh, yeah i 'll be back next time uh, stay safe you lovely people um, much love bye bye it 's off the Beat and track podcast on the distraction pieces network With me stew with him